Hello and welcome once more to episode two of, well I've put it up actually, um, Neil, as Gas It Out. Are you happy with that? I'm not 100%, I'll be, what? you, you what? know, I'll be honest with you. We, yeah, not 100%. I, I'm we a, did about, talk about 60%. It. What, what did you offer? I haven't offered you, anything you yet. Offered. You know, I, Do you know what you offered? Go on. Would you call it a bike chat? No, I did not. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> hey, I thought it was really original. Let's call it bike chat. Yeah. No, bike I never chat. said that. Bike I'm still, chat. I'm, I'm still thinking about it. Leave well, me alone. Are, we are open to ideas, aren't we? Um, it's up there. Um, if you heard the first episode with Jake Dixon, we recorded that three days ago now. Uh, and it's fun. Great to hear Jake. He was on cracking form. Um, had a good start to his year in Moto2 and he was intending to spend the lockdown getting really good at Formula 1 esports, is that right? That, was that the Formula 1 game? He was getting a new steering wheel, wasn't he? Yeah, that's and I've seen him, I follow him on social media, he's, he's, he's like calling everybody out, he's like, come on, anyone, just come on, hook up with me, play against me. <laughs> please, you know, please you know be what my like. friend. <laughs> that said also, I did see yesterday on social media, he posted a picture of him with a frame and a pan on his head, and then at one point he'd got uh, his beautiful wife Sarah's bra on. So yeah, I, I did see that. So, I wanted yeah. to use that as our pod picture, but um, I wasn't quick enough on the what do we call it capture, and then yeah. when I went back, it had gone. That sums him up, really, doesn't it? I mean, that is everything. I do <laughs> despair for poor old Sarah. Yeah. I mean, um, how, how are you doing? Lockdown has come in. I mean, it sounds like yep. the end of an X Factor episode or something like that. But um, lockdown is in force. I mean, we were isolating anyway. Since the last podcast, I've um, actually got into full lockdown because my uh, better half, Kate, who is um, works the GP, has a temperature. So she's got to isolate for seven days. I have to isolate for 14. It's fun, isn't it? I didn't it? know that. I didn't know that. I, didn't, I thought she had to do 14 as well. But, no, yeah, uh, apparently if you've shown symptoms, it's seven days from when your symptoms start. So right. that's in the UK anyway. We know there'll be people listening to this uh, all around the world, so don't take any of our advice. I mean, in so in many general. ways, in every single way, never listen to advice that uh, myself and Hodgie give out. But I'm going, this, I'm going for Gav. I'm Me and Vic, my better half, we do like a glass of wine. So last night we... We opened a bottle and just about managed to get through it. And she gave me the look, which meant what let's open another one. Oh, right. And this, I'm not joking. The second bottle, I don't know. It was like it was leaking from the bottom. It just disappeared. So if I do sound a little bit croaky, we we, uh, we got stuck into the wine last night. So I believe I was told that kills off all germs and bugs. So Again, do not take yes. any advice from Neil Hodgson. He is not a registered medical professional. I just thought I'd uh, lay that as a disclaimer before we get taken off air or off. Or We try to upload to um, Apple and people like that and they all have to do the review thing. So anyway, we're going to crack on. Um, have you been doing any more fence painting? What have you been up to? Anything no, around the house? I'll just Just drinking wine? Drinking wine, a little bit of DIY jobs, but I'm not very good. But I, 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 I'm enthusiastic. Uh, that's it. So, I bought a workbench yeah. the other day, Neil. Oh, wow. That sounds dangerous. And a jigsaw. That definitely sounds dangerous. Um, oh so God. the next time you see me, I really have a, yeah. might do a full McWilliams. Yeah, fingers. One, one, Is that exactly. going to be your new name? Yeah. Bloody hell. Be yeah. careful. Be I know, careful. I, know, I worry I'm, about I'm, I'm making my own wood store. So I've, I've got the frame sorted. And I've, I've sorted some out some of the wood, so uh, yeah, that's my job for later on today. I like it. I like I'm, the sound of that. I'm excited by it. I am excited. I thought you'd be it. sunbathing, Gavin, this beautiful weather. Um, it's a bit Don't chilly. Get still. Shirt off. In Leeds, it is a little bit chilly. Uh, it's actually yeah. very nice. And my my garden, though, I mean, uh, last week I did some planting, um, digging for victory, and I um, appear to have killed everything that I've put in. Yeah, that's yeah. Too early, Gav. Is it? Premature is it again. I've told you. I've got a primed. A primed. Oh dear. Oh dear. Yeah. Uh, right. Okay. Uh, so um, we're both on lockdown, and we're hoping to entertain you over the next half an hour or so, and we're hoping to have a special guest join us, and he's someone uh, Neil that. 
you know very well indeed. Um, you know me for a long, long time. You do manage him. He is leading the world superbike champion, Alex Lowe's, one half of the Lowe's Terror Twins. <laughs> um, but before we speak to him, Neil, um, can you remember when you first met him? Oh my God. That was that, that's like one of those days you'll never forget when you meet the Lowe's twins for the first time. It was 10 years ago, actually. It was 2010. I was at a George White open day, and these two ridiculously like energizer bunny kids just came straight up to me, really confident. Oh my god, Hodgie, Hodgie, oh, it's really nice to meet you, blah blah blah. You know, both of them talking at the same time, like they do. And I remember thinking, these twins, I think I've met these before, I've heard about them. And then I remember, then I had a flashback to being at the NEC bike show. And it was around about 2003 when I'd won the World Superbike Championship. Not that you like to mention it. No, no, funnily, it's come out already. I think I've been talking. <laughs> Have we all? No, it's part. Of six minutes in. Shut it. Right. It's part of the story. <laughs> Keep your mouth shut. And I was at the NEC bike show, and these kids came up, twins, in leathers, and they're wearing bandanas, and they were quite rude. They were cocky. And the parents were stood there next to them all proud. And I thought, God, if that were my son, I'd have the, I'd try and I'd make them have a bit more respect. So then, so I'm talking to the, the Lowe's twins, fast forward then to 2010. And I'm thinking, yeah, you were at cheeky little buggers when you were kids. I didn't like you, to be honest. <laughs> so we spent the, the day together. It was like a two day event. And then the next day it came up in conversation. I went, why did you go to the NEC in your leathers? And oh my God, they were like, Oh my, that weren't us. That was, that, there's some other twins, seemingly, I didn't realise. We'd never do that. I was like, oh my God. What surely, I can imagine them doing that though. As I can though, I can. So, so I was going, what a relief, because now I can like you, because I got this, you know, this preconceived idea that you're a pair of dicks, but, um, <laughs> which they are. By it's a family the way. show. <laughs> it's a family show. So, um, but then, what I did then, Alex wasn't racing, Sam was, so this is 2010, Sam was doing BS, um, British Supersport, mm. and I was going to a few races, so because I, I, I liked him straight away, I started to try and help him, I'd go out on track spotting for him, um, helping him all I could, could with the psychological side of stuff, giving him some tips, and it, it, the, the funny part of it was, whilst I was doing that, Alex was with me, and Alex didn't have a ride. And at the time, everybody kept saying, do you know, Alex is just as good as Sam, if not better. And I, and I kept thinking, I bet he's not. Because I'm watching Sam, bear in mind, thinking, I can't believe how talented this kid is. It was just the standout. You, you could just see the talent. And I'm thinking, if Alex was talented, he'd have a ride and he doesn't have a ride. So he's clearly not. And it's bizarre how it's turned out that I've ended up managing Alex now for seven years. <laughs> and... Um, and obviously, Alex is just as good as Sam, if not better. It's, I mean, it's hard to say. I, well, I mean, you I'm start, you're already don't race against each I'm, other. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that Alex isn't on the line yet because you'd already be starting arguments between the pair of them, wouldn't you? I mean, the yeah, confidence it, of each of them is astounding, anyway. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's funny that they haven't gone different paths; they've gone similar paths. But Sam's ended up, hasn't he? In, in Grand Prix racing. We'll, we'll speak to him and find out uh, about all that. But uh, Alex is right at the peak now, and you must be proud. So, so proud. But what what people never see, and you'll always hear riders say, oh, I work really hard, I do this, I do that. I've been involved in this sport forever, haven't I? You know, I, mm. I've been in and around the, 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 the motorcycle racing since 1983. I've hung out with some riders. I've, I've had lots of teammates. I know what dedication looks like. I tell you, having worked with Alex for the past seven years, you have seen nothing like it. There is no one like Alex Lowe's. He's obsessed to the point of it being, he's too obsessed. He's dedicated to the point he's too dedicated. I mean, he's, he's inspirational with his drive and determination. And he's had it tough. He's had some tough seasons. He's had some big crashes. But he presses reset. He keeps that. He's, he's always had that self belief. He's kept that self belief. And look at him now. Do you know what I mean? Like he's le leading the world superbike championship, albeit after one round. Yeah. But still, you know, he's he's doing an amazing job. And I, I genuinely mean this. And it's not just because I'm his manager. I promise you, the best is yet to come. I I I, 
I know him so well and I can see where he's there's still areas he can improve. He knows it. He's working on all those areas. And you know, like the like the the polished diamond, we've we've not seen it yet, but it's coming, which I'm so excited about. Yeah. They're doers, aren't they, the pair of them? They do oh, they, God. they do work the certainly at it. They but very, very work. different characters. Very different. They are chalk and cheese. And yeah. that's what nobody believes it when they ask you the question, oh what the Lowe's twins like. I'm like complete opposites They're like you are but then again like, on track com- quite similar yeah yeah but off track they are, you could not meet two I mean obviously they look the same they're identical twins mm. but you couldn't meet two two more different characters like I'll just quickly Sam's really happy-go-lucky Sam's incredibly dedicated as well don't get me wrong but he's like happy-go-lucky like laughing and joking all the time. Alex is a lot more serious character. He he's the serious one of the two. You know, he's always like almost slapping Sam into line when Sam's cheekily stepping over the line constantly. I mean, Sam can't keep his mouth his mouth shut. Can't he's hilarious, <laughs> and he's cheeky and he's always getting in trouble. And Alex is like, right, stop that, shut up. You know, but people always think they're the same, don't they? Yeah. It's funny. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know what they like, Gav. Yeah, they are different. Right, um, you're giving them the big ups. Let's have a word with him. Let's have a word with him. Are you there? Are you there? I'm definitely here. He's there. Good morning. Good afternoon, even. <laughs> if I just look at my watch, yeah. actually. Good afternoon, mate. How are you? Um, we've all been better, haven't we? We've all been better. But the polite thing is to say, I'm very well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's not easy, is it, at the minute? But I tell you what, it can always be worse. Uh, glass half full, I always believe, in these situations, Gav. Exactly. As someone pointed out to earlier after our first episode, uh, you could be sharing a flat with Neil Hodgson. And that would be a disaster. That'd be amazing. Well, I'm not sure about amazing. <laughs> So it make them it make the days go even longer though. So I suppose it could always be worse. You'd could never get worse. you'd never get in front of the mirror, would you? We're we're just <laughs> soft, aren't we? It's impossible to even um, make out you know complain about it when you think about it. All we have got to do is stay at home and talk, you know, do a bit of talking and, and turn out. It's not it's not the end of the world, is it? It's not too difficult. It's not. It's a tough time. What are you doing though um, now? I'll actually, um, in terms well, of... Apart from annoying annoying my wife a lot, apart from that. Well, it seems that's a common theme with riders, just in general, yeah. <laughs> to, to annoy their other halves. Um, we spoke well, to Jake Dixon the other day. Uh, he was definitely doing the same with uh, with his missus. But obviously, we don't know when we're going to be racing again. So, so how do you approach this time now? Um... Yeah, it's just it's a strange one because we spend a whole lives with a plan, with a calendar, with a focus, with a you're always training for something, whether it's the next race or the test or even when you do have some downtime, you set yourself a certain amount of days knowing that you're gonna start again, you know, so many weeks before the start of the season, for example. In the winter you might take a few weeks off, but at the minute we don't know how long it's gonna last. Um from my personal side, I've just tried to to be honest, switch off from it a little bit and you know, we never have this um this sort of situation so it's i'm just trying to make the most of it for what it is and it sounds sounds bad but learn to enjoy not having a plan and do some things with Kareen in the house and and just try to be as positive as i can about it and i know full well when we do have some uh, guarantees or when we're racing again i'll be ready to to start the season again but it's a it's a difficult time for everybody can you keep can you keep the fitness ticking over then at home but but you do yeah, it on a different um, level to what you normally would yeah, a little bit of a different level. Normally, obviously, I'm getting up. I have like a bit of a plan where I go every morning to the gym with Kurt Gibbons, my trainer. And uh, Neil knows him very well. He's had some tough sessions in there. Oh, and, my uh, God. He's, <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's a machine. He's not a nice man, is he? <laughs> he is a machine. That's, a, that's the only way to describe him. But So, obviously, normally I'm there every every morning. But um, I'm really, really lucky. I've got some a small gym at home, so I, I'm able to... Uh, to do some training at home and keep my fitness up, that's not, not going to be an issue really. So, um, yeah, fortunate on that side. But you obviously miss the training with someone and pushing you a little bit harder. Unless it's Neil. Then it's just quite rewarding to look at him suffering, to be honest, sometimes. 
it's been a while, hasn't it, Al? Actually, it has been a while since we've well, been I didn't a want to say it. Training. I didn't want to say so, it, Neil. I didn't want to say it. Yeah, but what happened last time? So what happened? This is this is the way it works. So. Alex trains with his brother, with Tommy Searle, with Leon Haslam. They've all got the same trainer. Who else? Oh, Ty Wolf- Wolferden. He yeah, uses Sandy oh, I don't, Ryan. I don't know yeah, Sandy Ryan. Boxer. So they all use the same trainer. And what happens every now and again, the old boys comes along like <laughs> me or Glenn Richards or... Who else came along that was pretty old? Was that, oh, was Rocky? Just me and Glenn. The, the, the class yeah, Rocky. Rocky's old or not yet. He's definitely old. Yeah, he, so he's, what happens he can't, is, he, he's not listening to us, so we can call him old. Not yet, anyway. We can call him, yeah. Just to explain, Rocky's Alex's assistant. He goes to all the races with him, and he's ex-British. I don't know what Commonwealth. weight. Commonwealth. I don't know yeah, what weight. Boxing cha- cha- yeah, champion. But what happens And he looks then, like he's had a few rounds. Trying to put the gym. His <laughs> nose. so complimentary you can, of you, guys. <laughs> hey, Gav. <laughs> Yeah. I would never say it to his face. I would actually. But. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You look at Rocky's nose. You know that he didn't win all these fights. But anyway. <laughs> but what happens is, imagine what it's like for someone like me. You turn up at the gym, and like I just want to go literally do some bicep curls in the mirror, and they'll go, "Oh, do this, do this circuit that we do. It takes about twenty-five minutes." problem is when I do it, it takes more like forty minutes. But everything's against the clock, and everyone's. Like, literally, the last time I did it properly, I couldn't speak. I had to lie down. Alex was like, come on, we need to go. And I'm like, if I stand up, I'm going to be sick. Like, literally. And then, the, this is the best bit. Alex was grumpy with me because I'm like, I'm like, no, literally, I can't move. That's how hard I pushed. So, painful memories. In this day and age, it's hard to believe that Neil Hodgson could actually be speechless. But I did experience that, Gav. He was struggling a bit. It wasn't I, good. I, I mean, I'd have to We need to get Gavin. Although Oji has, you know has in the gym, I'd absolutely love to get Gavin. Oh my goodness me! Leeds United top on sweating. Go on, Gavin. <clears throat> I'd be filling it out like some of the lads on the terraces at Ellen Road. I tell you, <laughs> my, my <laughs> Leeds United shirt. But I was actually I was in the gym with uh, Neil when we we actually in, for Qatar we made it. We went to London, and I was uh, just a soggy mess. Horrible, horrible. Yeah, not not pretty at all. See me. In, in I tell the gym. you what though. You, you can play golf, Gav. I've had a few rounds of golf with you and you hold your own on the golf course, to be fair. Well, I've, got, fair the, I've got the physique for golf. <laughs> for a walk. Very stable. Very stable on the golf course, old Gav. Solid, solid uh, base. You know, that's what it's all about. You know. <laughs> um, so, you know what? Alex, interesting hearing you I'm... talk about that, right? Just on the fitness side of things, right? Yeah. Has anyone cracked, do you think, the perfect, perfect way to do fitness for motorcycle racing? I'll ask you that, Neil, actually, as well, because you see people go out motocross. You see Maverick Vinales gone and injured himself. You see people do dirt track. They go and hurt themselves. Uh, Cal yeah. sticks to cycling. Alicia Spargo loves his cycling. Other, do you know what yeah. mean? Other people, Danilo Petrucci does things in his own different way because he's had to lose a load of body weight. Has anyone... I remember Bradley Smith once had a, a fitness regime, which was only, we're only doing 45 minutes because that's the race distance, but we're doing full-on intensity for 45 minutes. Honestly, yeah. has anyone got the perfect plan? What do you think, Neil? Do you want me to say what I think, or you go first? You go I, first. I'll go first quickly. I don't think so. It's really hard to know what that perfect plan looks like because most sports, you can replicate your sport whilst you're training. So if you're a motocross rider, you ride your motocross bike. If you're a trials rider, you ride a trials bike. Obviously, with road racing, it's so expensive to hire tracks. And, you know, to have a, like a full, let's say, test team where you could go riding every day. So what you find, I think, a lot of the time, if you're not careful, riders can overtrain because they're paranoid that they're not doing enough. So don't get me wrong, it's become a lot more scientific now. But it's, I, don't know, I don't know what the perfect training plan looks like. But what we have learned is over the years, lots of people, like you said, Gav, do it their own way. So, so it's hard to work out what's the best. It's what works for the individual, I think. And when you mention, though, the motocross and they, they can train by being on the bike, how many of them in supercross injure themselves throughout a whole season and motocross while while training? So, I don't know, it's a bit counterintuitive for me. What do you think, Al? Yeah, so I agree with that. I look at the uh, the AMA the AMA supercross guys. They have such a tough tough calendar racing every weekend for, I, I think it's 18 out of 20 weeks, Neil, the supercross. Yeah, Something the supercross. ridiculous like that. Yeah. 
And yeah. then they're riding three days in the week. Well, law of averages says that you're gonna you're gonna pick up a niggle during that time. So I, w- I if if they banned riding in the week, I think the results would be the same. And I don't I think the, the a lot more of the guys would stay fit and healthy during their season. But from my experience, you, you learn you learn with experience of what training works and doesn't work. And you know the things for our job is you look after your weight because obviously there can be some advantages with the with the weight compared to top speed. And make sure you're fit and strong enough to keep you. You know, you got to make sure you got your concentration right till the last lap of the race. And if you do that, the rest of it, I would say, is 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 on the mental side rather than the physical side. All all the guys are fit nowadays. Yeah, weight's a funny one, isn't it? I remember everyone always used to say Danny Pedrosa, didn't they? He's the lightest, and he's got such an advantage. Yeah. And then you realise, well, actually, you've you know, he you've ridden exactly yeah. when you've got to stop one of those bikes or wrench it through a, an S section or whatever. It's a it's a, you know it's a, it's a different game, isn't it? Yeah, and he, he, I think that there's good chance he probably would have been world champion if he didn't get injured every time he crashed because yeah. of being as small as he is. So it's certainly that when you're being that extreme with how light you are, I think it can go against you as well. Obviously, there's extremes, but if you're a good weight and you, you still have to be a lot stronger than people think, you know, when guys jump on and do track days, for example, Kurt, my trainer was speaking about, he's such a machine, but. I remember being with him when he did three or four laps on the back of Leon Haslam around Donington Park and he was fully pumped up because obviously he's not relaxed, he's not done it before, mm. he doesn't understand the speed and he's trying to hold on the brakes, he's a little bit scared. So it's a, it's a specific type of fitness that you that you learn over the years, what you need. But I don't think there's a right or wrong way. It's whatever each rider is comfortable with. When I was on the back with Cal at uh, Silverstone, Neil, I, yeah. thought I definitely had the physique to keep the rear end down anyway. <laughs> couldn't keep the front end down <laughs> no exactly <laughs> well, I, 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 I got told when Kel came back in that front tyre was like brand new <laughs> it was, was on floating. a summer's day it was just stone cold Hodgie <laughs> stone cold just power wheeling everywhere with that yeah. what is it got 16 and a half stone just wedged on the back of the bike you? how <laughs> dare you no actually you've lost weight you have lost weight what are you down to now uh, I'm actually I put it all back on. Lockdown's not served right. me well. Lockdown, I was I was at thirteen. I'm I'm now back up to thirteen, nearly fourteen. It's terrible. <laughs> what? It's good for darts. Who said that? Good for darts. Hey, darts is not easy either. Again, solid base, solid base. Um, I've got to ask. Um, we've got you, Al. We've got to ask. You are leading the World Superbike Championship. Yeah. Not bad. Was that not bad. Not what you expected after nice the first weekend, was... was it? Yeah, it'd be nice if it was after a few more rounds, but we've only done one, so so we can go off. But hey. uh, it's a, a, a fantastic start with the the green, with fast, fantastic start in green. So it was. Um, it's always a funny race that was Superbike One down in Australia because you have all the winter testing this year. Obviously, you had a lot of bad weather. Then you've got the. the two, it's like a race week because you have the test on the Monday and Tuesday. Mm couple of days off and then you're straight into the race weekend so what seems to happen is everybody i've been there on the on both sides of the coin now but everyone's sort of convinced themselves through the couple of days testing and the few days off that they're going to do well on the weekend because look at lap times and all the rest of it but i've learned the hard way from when i first joined the championship in 2014 and 15 that being fastest at that test and maybe you know over pushing and getting into trouble doesn't necessarily turn into race results so this year it was nice and calm and we managed to have a good weekend. And you mentioned calm, I like that, because for me, how I've seen you change since the, your time in, in World Superbikes is you seem to have found an inner calm. Is that fair? It's a constant struggle, Gav, constant struggle, <laughs> but I'm getting there now. Honestly, I've worked, Neil knows. Neil knows as good as anybody, but you know, the, out, you know, the amount of effort that I've put in to improve my... Uh, you know, Everybody wants to win. Everybody gives 100%. But the amount of effort I've put in to improve my approach and, and how I can apply myself on, on the race weekends or testing or in general to improve my results has it's been, it's been something I've worked so hard on for the past, to be fair, for the past five or six years now, Neil, I suppose, isn't it? Well, yeah, the, literally, it's, you know, after every, every race, but every year, you sit down and analyse where you're at, where you can improve... Yeah. 
and mm. and that's everything. It's not just people always talk about fitness. That's like the number one thing you yeah. you know like that comes up. Oh, I need to be fitter or stronger or lighter. But a lot of it is your approach in the garage. How you react to a bad session or a bad result. How you react yeah. after a crash. How you talk to your team. All those yeah. areas. If you can improve year on year, you become a better rider. And literally, that's what's that's what we've worked on together as a team. Yeah. But obviously, Alex has to do it. But he has yeah. achieved that. And yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's so much work for little a, a little bit of difference. You feel like from yourself on a, a approach or being calm point of view. But a lot of people have said it to me that I've, I, I'm calmer and. I certainly felt. I certainly feel a lot better. Feel a lot calmer on, on the races, on the bike, and on the race weekends. And the results have been on a good upward trend now for the last three or four years. But yeah, you know, I think that's what's funny about our sport. I believe that you know, world championship level, right at the top end, there's there's so many great riders. But what makes the really fantastic riders is how to deal with your bad days and deal with difficult situations and managing to get the best from. You know, if you look at in World Superbikes, anyway, if you look at, at Jonathan Reid's, when he's not won, he's been second, which helped him win the title last year. But his results have, have it's been so, it's easy, not easy to win, but it's easy to be happy and, and, and comfortable and, and cheery when it's winning. But to keep keep them bad, minimalizing them bad days to make him a third instead of a fourth is the trick to being a really great rider. So that's what I've been working on, Gav. Simple as that, really. Sounds yeah, easy, doesn't it? Yeah, it's amazing. I don't know why it was a problem before, but anyway, I just wonder. You, yeah, mentioned, yeah. you mentioned Johnny there, right? And and a lot of people yeah. listening to this will have seen what he's done over the last few years. You've seen it from on track, at the same time yeah. what he's been able to do. So I'm wondering, yeah. putting yourself in green alongside him, I wonder what that's like. What how you describe that? Is it daunting? Is it exciting? Does it um, worry you? Does it fire you up? Yeah, just exciting because um, in in the World Superbike paddock, if you could choose a team to ride for, you choose the Kawasaki Racing team, and if you could choose a teammate to have, you choose Jonathan Ray. So it's it's just it's it's a fantastic opportunity for me. And I, a lot of people ask me that question actually, and maybe looked at it a lot different to what I have. But I have to see it as nothing but positive. Really, um, he's been the guy that I've been. You know, chasing for the last few years and now i've got the same kit as him same opportunity as him and the, the best thing the strength that i've got is you know i'm i'm i want to learn i want to improve i want to keep doing better and i think that it's going to be a great year trying to you know trying to challenge him and hopefully we'll have more weekends like the first one but but seeing it up close obviously mm. you know what bike he's on you know the package but seeing the way he works yeah. in his team and all that does it give you a different understanding of it Perhaps and, and maybe understanding of where you've been and actually, I think I'm I've I've got what it takes here. Yeah, yeah. But do you know what? It's been great in a lot of ways working with him in the testing and when you're away from the the racetrack, you have a little bit more time to look at the data and, and stuff like that. I've been really lucky to have rode. You know, I've got a lot of experience now, Gav, with you know, Suzuka a few years with some good mm -hmm. riders and I remember being teammates with Paul over there and couple of GP rides was on the Yamaha and I could see the data from Lorenzo and, and Valentino at the time and you, so, you you come to the end and you realise that for example in Johnny's case he's just what he does really really well is, is, a, is a racer and he, and he manages the races mm. and he's always there in any conditions any practice session and it comes from how he applies himself on the race weekend but I don't think there's anything you know, there's no there's nothing for me, anyway, I, I believe 100% that I can challenge him and beat him. Obviously, you, I've got to you, got to do everything. You wouldn't be there, would Go you? On. Unless you believe that. Otherwise, I wouldn't be there. And and if anything, I'd say that this winter and, and working with this team and everything, I feel like I've got more belief and a calmer, a lot calmer belief that I've just got to work on myself, trust the process that I'm going through, and we can be there and challenge him. But it's um, yeah, it's it's a great position for me to be in. And and I love that how confident you sound, Neil, because. Um, what do you what what do you think? Because what I saw from Philip Island from that first weekend, you talked about Johnny and how he's managed races. Well, actually, Al did, didn't he? And and came strong at the end. Yeah. And, and that's what came through over the three races. Yeah, and and that's what takes years of understanding. You know, it, to to be calm when everything inside you is telling you to do the opposite. Everything inside you is saying, "Quick, the guy's pulling away from you. You've got to gas it more through this section." 
I've got to push harder through here. But with the experience, it's like, no, 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 now's not the time. Trust. Let them yeah. just get away a little bit, you know. And, and like I say, it takes years of, of understanding that. But just to, to, to just go over the, the Johnny Ray situation, Johnny's obviously the benchmark completely. What's, what's so good for Alex is the fact that he can. I, I, I use the term copy his homework. What a yeah. great opportunity. Alex is ready right now to be teammates with jo- Johnny Ray. And he can learn as much as he can off Johnny Ray. And the pressure's sort of not on Alex to beat him in the championship because nobody at the start of the year expects it. Obviously, he's leading the championship now. It's only after one round. But whatever happens this year, Alex, by the end of the year, will be a better rider again. When I said, obviously, before Alex came on, he's, we still haven't seen the best. But he will be a better rider by the end of the year. And the way I see it, and I'm not getting ahead of myself, but I think Alex will be in a really strong position to fight for the world title next year. That's if we go ahead racing this year. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you might think that sounds really negative. That I'm saying, well, surely he's got a chance this year. He's already leading the championship. Yes, he's got a chance, but I think he'll be more equipped have all the tools he needs to really be able to take it to Jonathan. That's how I see it. I think it's exciting in World Superbike at, at the moment. I, I, a lot of people have actually said that, you know, with what Alvaro... Did Alvaro spice it up, do you think, at the start of last year? to And, and even the switch that he's made to, to go to Honda. For me, he's given the... Everything's given the championship lift. Scott Redding arriving too. It, it seems to me like there's a lot... Uh, I don't know, Yamaha looking strong. It looked like the Honda could well get there uh, at some point. Does Do you agree with me that it's actually, it's coming back to where, to where it should be? Is that fair? Yeah, I think so. And I think it deserves that because there's a, yeah. a lot of good teams and a lot of good riders and it's, it's, it's certainly space for the, it, how good the racing is, there's space for it to be a great championship. And I think Bautista arriving is, is Imagine the world. Imagine me and with the world superbike riders when you, you turn up and he jumps over from GP and wins by fifteen seconds. Well, I think more than one race early on in the year won by fifteen seconds. Mm. But you know, you can't take away from how well he was riding at the start of last year. It was just pure confidence, his style, everything fitted with the bike, and it's sort of everyone else a bit of a wake up, I suppose. But he, um, yeah, it's good that he's obviously moved to Hong Kong. Um, and if the racing's anything like, obviously it's never going to be quite as close as, as Phillip Island. It's a slightly strange track that lends itself to close racing. But if it's anything like that, when we do get back started, it's going to be it's going to be great. And as a racer, they're the racers that you love when when you're having a good battle. They're always the ones where you get off the bike and think felt, felt like about five laps that race. So that's exactly, <laughs> exactly what we want. Yeah, that's that's good, and we we can't wait for it to get back. And just like in. All of the motorcycle racing, everything is up in the air at the moment, and just fingers crossed that everything sorts itself out. I yeah. expect you with your new team, Alex, it's in, in Spain. Have you been on the phone to them? They're they're having an even tougher time, aren't they? At the moment, yeah. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I feel like compared to a lot of the the public in England, we're a bit a little bit more personally anyway. And, and I now spoke to Neil; he feels the same because we're in so much contact with with friends and mechanics, people we work with over in Spain and Italy. We're, we sort of we know what's coming a little bit more, so you take it a little bit more. Obviously, now we're you know we, we need to take it more seriously. Mm. It's been frustrating trying to explain to people that you know what's happening there. It's it's clearly going to happen here because we work so closely with with them guys. And I speak to all the obviously with WhatsApp and all the how easy it is to stay in contact with everyone now. I've I've been speaking to the guys pretty much every day. I've got some of my guys in in obviously Marcel, the crew chief in in Holland the suspension guy in France and, and majority of the guys in Spain and one mechanic in Italy. So all them countries are affected and it really shows such the, the scale of the problem we've got. But I've been keeping in touch with them and, and chatting with them and uh, as much as we can. How about um, your brother, Sam? We were talking, um, myself and Neil, he, he, <laughs> uh, about, I mean, Sam, you, you two, for identical twins who on track people will see a lot of similarities in from the past in definitely anyway in in the yeah. way you ride but yeah. <laughs> how different you are how's how's he approaching it all well it is funny really because it's um you know it's obviously great and from when we was younger there's so so many positives to having you know we used to have bunk beds you, you've ever seen out of step step brothers when they make the bunk beds yeah 
that's what me and Sam were like growing up till we was like 12, living, you know, we had bunk beds. And Who had top bunk? Obviously, he had top bunk. He used to like try and tell me these stories, these ridiculous, far-fetched stories about all sorts, sometimes racing, sometimes just making stuff up. And he used to like lean over the bed to see if I was awake because obviously I just stopped replying. I just used to pull him out of the bunk bed regularly onto the floor. So I was always on the on the bottom bunk, but he's uh, we're so different. We're so different as characters and... Um, you know, now obviously he he's got a, a young daughter and a family, and it's been really nice to to separate, you know, and spend some time away from racing. But he's probably gonna I, he's probably gonna struggle more than most people, I would say, with with sitting on the sofa and, and not doing much because he's got a slightly he's a bit energetic, as you know, and he's slightly overactive brain. So I'm not quite sure what he's gonna do really. I saw somebody on the internet running a marathon up and down the balcony. I think it might have been in Italy, one of them countries. And I was thinking, yeah, I'll tell you what, that's the sort of thing my brother would do. Yeah, so and, I don't know. and timing it as well and letting you know each, yeah. each kilometre, how quick he'd gone and everything. Yeah. Oh, he's had this shoulder had this shoulder injury that was, you know, slightly unfortunate uh, crash you know, after very few laps testing in Spain. And then, so he's ringing him, he dislocated his shoulder and he's got some fractures and stuff. But he's the worst injured person ever. Neil, Neil knows, I know he spoke <laughs> to him a little bit, but... I'm trying to say, look, just don't do anything. You need to just rest it. But he, he's like, he, he just physically can't do it. He's 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 crazy. But he's he just loves it. He loves you know he loves the he loves racing. He loves the thought of trying to get back, trying trying to ride. And but sometimes you got to just uh, do the right thing. You know, for example, in Qatar when he was trying to ride, and I was quite impressed with you know how he rode the first day. I think we but, all were. Yeah. Yeah. But to be uh, you know to be honest, it was a correct decision for him not to ride. Has he got? Has he got that? Because we we were commentating on it um, over there on, on the weekend, and it was, yeah, it you just felt that it was actually all yeah. worked out well, didn't it? Because he rode, he actually put in a lap time. What was he a second off the top times? Yeah, and then I'll the tell team you the full story. and everything is just quite gone, funny. Gav. Go on, it's quite funny, really. So I went straight from Australia over to Qatar. Um, obviously, the, the original plan: spend a bit of time with my brother, help you know support him on his, his race weekend, watch the GP. It's always good to watch them boys. Obviously, some friends in the paddock and stuff and stay for the World Superbike. But obviously, you know, due to the, the issues, it didn't work out like that. So I was there anyway, staying with Sam and doing a bit of training and leading up to the race. And I said, look, you know, you're not going to be able to race. I'm trying to lower his expectations. Let's go out and try it. And then at least you've tried and we can just focus on getting it a bit better for the next round. Obviously, at that point, we did know that Thailand was off. So we thought we was going to have a bit of a break till America. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's not really listening. And then he goes out on Friday, and uh, I could I could tell it was hurting him, but he, he doesn't say anything. He's, he's, he's a bit crazy. He's like, no, no, it's all right. Like trying to almost convince himself it's all right. And then <laughs> in the second session, he was doing he did like four or five laps in the 59s. It was within a second. So then that night then, he's like, I think I can get in the points here. And I was like, well, doing 20 laps at a real strong pace, you know, we all know it's a lot different, Hodgin. You know, when you're injured, Neil, you get adrenaline for three or four laps, don't you? And yeah, and then it, unfortunately, in a race situation, it can soon wear off, and then you're in a, a world you're of in pain, aren't you? A world of yeah. pain. So we're um, we go back to the hotel that night, and I said, to be honest, I, I think you've done amazing today. Sort of the worst thing he could have done, because I was sort of hoping, if I'm honest, that he struggled a bit, did a few laps, and went, it's a bit sore, and then that was it. Then it doesn't matter because it'd have been too slow, but because he was so fast. Who you know? No, everyone was like in a position then where you know, we didn't know what to say. But the doctors came around when we got to the track the next day and, and sort of recommended to the team that it was you know it, it probably wasn't the best idea. And the team then took the decision to sort of help him hold himself back and, and, and not let him ride. And it was funny because that you got a little bit of time in the morning in Qatar and he was sort of strapping his shoulder up and saying, "Right, I'm going to do a long run in free practice three. It's going to be yeah, I know I can." just convinced himself all morning that he's going to be able to do it. But then when we got to the track, almost in- instantly they said he couldn't ride. So I was getting a little bit of physio off his physio in his cabin and he comes in and anyway, he starts crying. I'm like, Sam, why are you crying? I don't understand why you're crying. You've, you've achieved your target of working so hard every day and, and you got to you got to Qatar and you've done 50, 59s, good lap times. You've done unbelievable, really. You know, you've done great. There's no reason to cry, but he's just so... Not emotional, but he just wants it so much that sometimes it's it's it sounds bad, but it's almost too much. So I yeah. think the right the right decision was made. He calmed down a little bit after that, and 
you know, now he's obviously, you know, more important things have took over, but at least he's got a bit of time to to do the exercises, get his shoulder strong. You know, Neil knows from the problems he had with his shoulder at the end of his career. It, it's not an injury that you can play with. You need to make sure you get it sorted right, or as it can have longer effects. But uh, yeah, he's just a bit emotional and he just just wants to do well. But I don't know why he was crying. I thought he did great, but that's Sam. <laughs> that it makes me laugh yeah, so much, Neil, because that is, isn't it's it? It's funny because it, that's the person we know. Yeah. That's Sam. Yeah. You yeah. know, he's just bizarrely I'm, passionate about it. Yeah. That's great from yeah. the team, from my point of view, though, Neil, as well. It's, it's so important. Alex has touched on it then. The problem with the shoulders, it can affect you then for the rest of your career if you don't do it right now. So the problem we, what we all spotted, like Alex said, Sam was almost too fast, which meant it was right on the limit of crashing because when you, yeah. you know, he was at lap, lap record pace. Yes, he could do those lap times, but could his shoulders stand up to hitting the deck? And the problem is in a Mortal 2 race, as we've seen over many, many years, it's very aggressive. There's no slow riders. So if you're in the mix for the points, you're going to be in a tough battle and you could yeah. quite easily make a mistake and go down. And the fear is then it sets you back months, you know. So yeah. the team made the right decision at the time. It's funny then, yeah. now, isn't it? Because almost if you knew what when the season would be starting... You'd almost be able to uh, say, "Well, I'll have the operation if it's going to take me two months or three. You know, if you if you knew when you were yeah. getting back to racing, but you can't risk that, can he? No, hindsight's a, a fantastic yeah. thing in in life, never, and even more so probably in racing, especially with injuries. But you know, he's just got to focus. He, he's doing what he needs to do now and getting his shoulder back strong for when he, when it. All, he's got. You've seen the size of his shoulders, anyway, Gav. Oh, I mean, he's square. <laughs> He's like a carpet fitter at the best of times, so I'm sure his shoulder will be strong enough when he gets back on. I heard. He'll be, be benching the Calex by the time he's riding again, anyway. <laughs> yeah, did, did you hear Did you hear what happened at Hareth? So he's, he crashed. Basically, he's put such a big hole in the tarmac having to resurface the whole <laughs> of, of the track because he's destroyed it with his massive shoulders. Yeah. It's so yeah. funny. Just left a crater on the inside of turn two where his shoulder hit the deck. Yeah. <laughs> he's so Bless funny. Him. He's so funny. Uh, but he, I thought he'd lost weight. He has lost weight. But he's, uh, you know, genetically, for some reason, he's just got big shoulders. Yeah. Leon's the same, though. Leon Haslam, another one of our, you know, obviously trained with him as well. And I always laugh at them, pair because they're just, I'm a little bit better, but those two, they, they don't even do a lot of weights, but they just look like the little little bodybuilders, uh, little bulldogs, aren't they? <laughs> Superb. Yeah, um, you, you won't want to scrap the pair of them. That's a fact. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> You've talked about the bunk beds back in the day. What about um, you, your state of mind when when uh, Neil was telling the story of being um, around the track watching Sam and Sam's career was taking off and watching with you on the sidelines, but he was under the impression that you you know, you know had just as much talent uh, to be out there on track, if not more. He actually did say quite a few times. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah, was, was that a dark moment for you? Like wanting to get into this sport wanting to get to, to the top to where you are now were there any times where you felt it might not happen yeah there's do you know what the, when I was younger I was always really was fortunate to be always really quick um, which is half the battle in, in our game you know you always when you see a young guy if they're fast and making mistakes you can sort of calm them down and there was a lot of people that I was racing against when I was younger that were, were in like a middle period of my life really um, maybe from like 17 to 20 years old where I was didn't have a permanent ride and I wasn't racing every week obviously I was working it just picture this me and Sam in a little little white van doing a bit of sparky and that's not a, that's not something you, you don't want us to turn up to do a job do you? but that shouldn't be allowed a, that shouldn't be allowed, shouldn't be allowed. Bill and no. Ben trying to put lights up but we we were doing that when people were racing against or had been racing against were maybe in European Championship or Spanish Championship mm-hmm. and and it's quite hard because you know you, you sort of feel like not that it's slipping away, but you're missing opportunities. And there's two things that it, it had, that it really helped me with, and one not 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 as good as the other. But the first thing was it allowed me to appreciate life and appreciate any opportunity that you get. How lucky we are to do what we do, which is something that I'm grateful for because it's easy to forget that. But the negative side was it meant that any time I got on a bike, I was trying to prove myself, which is mm. a dangerous dangerous position to be in. Which um, you know, luckily for me, I had a few opportunities and, and you know, because I rode so fast in them opportunities, although I made a couple of mistakes, it got me to where I am now. But Sam 
Sam was had a di- you know, different rides, and there was a period there, 2011, where he was racing in uh, World Supersport, and uh, I was I didn't have a ride, and he was he was doing doing well, get on the podium, and um, obviously I know I'm faster than him, so it's not even a question, Gav. Mm, before, yeah, you know, of course. There's no point getting into that. Yeah. We haven't got time for that. <laughs> no, but, no, I mean, that, so I mean I was, it's not something that's rumbled on for 29 years, is it? No, 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 no. It's just it, now I just like to see it as a fact. I mean, you can ask him. I don't think he's going to agree, but um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it certainly it certainly obviously didn't help. But looking back now, you know, you, you can't change what's happened. And like I said, it's given me a really good appreciation for for the opportunities that I've got now. And to be honest, I probably do appreciate it a little bit. Not a little bit more than Sam, but he, I want to say had a smoother run, but he sort of talked his way into Supersport and 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 and, and well, actually, I don't want to say he talked his way in. Another little story. I remember 2010, the British. He, he had a ride in the British Supersport Championship, and before the season, I didn't have a ride, so we drove. We was working on the Thursday, drove down to Brandsatch Thursday night with a van and caravan. Didn't have the right license, and the caravan was snaking all the way down the M25 to get to Brandsatch because obviously we're probably going too fast. You can picture it already, can't yep. you, Gav? Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> you know, Neil. You remember it. I'm and, I do. Uh, and uh, anyway, in the, in the caravan, obviously, we can't work out how to get anything to work. So there's condensation dripping on the inside. And he's qualified about six. And he just, there's only me and him in there. And he's like, I'm going to win tomorrow. I'm like, oh, all right. He's like, no, nah, I'm going to win. It's a Brands Indy circuit. So anything can happen on Brands Indy circuit. Anyway, no one had mentioned him, like, he hadn't really done any good in a super sport race before. He sets off the line and wins by about, after check, but probably six seconds or something like that. Just Sam, like he is. And I remember we came around the last corner at Clearways and we pulled into the pit lane. I was just stood there you know, at the end before you get to the pit lane, before you get where it gets busy. We had a little chat to each other. And obviously, was, well, I was really happy for him. I wasn't riding at the time. But that little moment there was sort of like where it all started from there, really, because he'd just turned up. No one really knew it, anything. Won the race, didn't really think much of it, and then we just drove home. But Brilliant. that moment was we sort of really realised actually we can do good at this. You know, and he went on to win the championship, which got him his world world supersport ride. But that them little moments that when you look back at, you don't really realise at the time, but they're quite significant in believing in ourselves to to improve and try and get on the world championship stage. Yeah, that, that um, is it, isn't it? You're always building the yeah. trust in yourself, confidence in your own abilities, isn't it, Neil? Yeah, yeah. Do you know the, what's good about that, though? Also, what Alex hasn't mentioned, I'll, I can mention it now because I don't think it'd be that bad. But that season, Sam somehow talked his way into this ride and said, oh, yeah, well, I've got, got a sponsor. We've got the money to pay. But never had anything no. like nothing. Just just not. I don't want to use the word lied because Sam's not a liar the way he is because he's the nicest person you'll meet. But just thought, well, what I'll do is I'll convince him that I've got the money I'll get the ride, I'll get some results, and then they won't sack me anyway because they'll be just pleased because they're leading the, this British Championship. And that's pretty much what happened, wasn't it, <laughs> Yeah, he told my dad, dad obviously, he, he get, my dad's scary at the best of times, and he wasn't happy that he'd sort of promised some money to pay for the ride, whatever it was, you know, £30,000 or whatever it was. So I think they gave him £2,000 in the January, and Sam said, well, I'm just going to I'm just gonna win. I'm going to sack me, are they, if I'm winning? And I'm and I'm sat in the sauna. I'm sat in the sauna. It's like someone that could never do that. I'm like trying to send 300 emails, trying to get my CV, ringing people, see if there's any opportunity to get a ride. And he's just like, yeah, I've sorted it. I'm riding. I've got a ride. And he's obviously hasn't got a sponsor, but told dad, told dad, help him a bit. And went to the first race, won the race. We're both crying at the end of pit lane because we know that we're just on a wing and a prayer. Won the championship. Went to World Supersport, and then obviously. Won his world title. So, if it wasn't for that little situation, it might never have happened. But it's uh, you know you got to you got to you got to love Sam Lowe's really. Just just has a go, doesn't he? Wears his heart on his sleeve. There's no, there's no doubt about that. About uh, what Sam. Yeah. What it makes Sam me laugh does. as well. He just he makes me laugh anyway. I remember going to Motor Two. We had the, had the big conversation after he won the World Supersport title, and uh, Neil knows all about this anyway. But you're like this, Gav. So I'm saying to him, look, mate. Go to World Superbike, you get paid some good money. He had some um, some clause in his contract, Neil, I think, didn't he? But he went, no, nah, no, nah, yeah. I can win a Grand Prix. That's all he kept saying to me. I'm like, well, yeah, but you, you're going to... So he didn't take his championship bonus so he could get out his contract to go race for hardly any money in Moto2 because yeah. he just believed 100% that 
he could he could win races in in Moto Two. So Neil wouldn't have been happy with that sort of business choice, but you can't knock him for you know chasing his his dream. But he ended up, and as uh, I was there when I remember the second win in Hereth when he just did the big wheelie over the line. So it's nice to look back now and think, well, yeah, he was right, but he's, well, he's made decisions he made. But it was it was nice. When you were kids, is that what you both aimed for? Was it when you were both there and? From your point of view, was it I'm going to be a motorcycle racer? Uh, yeah, from as long as I can remember, we had we used to, we've had it's been lucky, like I said, because it's been a challenge. First person to ride without stabilizers on a push bike, then we used to race around the garden on a little Yamaha TY80, and just just a challenge. Every, everything we did was a challenge. And then yeah, we just used to come home from school, watch videos of. Of you know people you know the races Mick doing back in the day doing back in the day you know in the in the nineties and you got foggy and a bit later on Bayliss and I don't want to say it Neil Hodgson Colin Edwards Colin Edwards Ruben's house particularly Ruben who else was there but yeah always always I remember in two thousand parking close to Caswell Park and and walking to watch. The BSB races there, and just you know, loving it obviously, and, and thinking you know, one day, hopefully, I want to I want to be doing that. But it's all I've ever dreamed about. Really strongly, sort of wanted to do that, and my brother's been the same. And so we have never sort of thought about anything else. So you can imagine how long the days were when we're Sparky and Gav, can't you? Oh, long days when me. you don't want to be doing it. <laughs> oh dear me! Well, yeah. Also, having to put up with both of your chat all day must be. No, to be fair, it's not. I'm not that bad. It's Sam. It, he constantly, he's, all, he's got these, he thinks he's good at one-liners, but he just overdoes it, doesn't he, Neil? How many <laughs> it's of just, It's hard for people to, I can't explain what Sam's like, yeah. but that it's relentless, isn't it, Gav, with his one-liners? Oh, yeah. And he's so relentless. quick and sharp, and the cheesy, and you, and you laugh, but he's just, he's non-stop. Like, yeah. on, on, Alex, on your stag do, what was he like? I mean, well, was, how many hours well, sleep did he get? But he's incredible. He'll be, he'll be the last one. He'll be out till half five in the morning. Then he'll run ten k at seven before breakfast. He won't. He, yeah. he can't. He's got. He's got FOMO. The fear of missing out. He can't miss out on anything. He, anytime someone's doing something, he's got to be there. But yeah, he certainly. After twenty nine years, then one liners aren't as funny, Gav. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine it, it takes its toll after a while. Uh, right, Just a little bit. We've, we've taken up too much of your time uh, today, so <laughs> I'm going to let you get back to. Well, get back to chilling out a bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm a lot better at chilling out these days. So, chill out with my wife this afternoon. Well, and, send that uh, love to Kareem, won't you? I hope. Uh, yeah. Everything's well the for you. The boss of the house. Oh, the of course. The well, there's no doubt she's in charge. Hey, Alex, has she ordered that table? Well, what do you, you think? You weren't happy about that, was you? No, you. You just. You're not good for me, Mr. Hodgson, because you come round and you just say, you need to change that, you need to do it. Oh, I've got a nice idea for you, but it always seems to cost me money. <laughs> so I'll take it the table's <laughs> on its way. Yeah, a table, then shelves coming, all sorts going on. Well, interior design, I didn't know that was in the management contract, but I've got an interior yeah. designer for free, just on, on the edge. Oh, my no, God. I bet it's all industrial Alex's looking. Wife. Alex's wife just asked me my opinion. I'm like, she went, what do you think of the, that table, the table they've got? I'm like, yeah, it's crap, in it? And, and she's like, she, she was excited then. You could tell she's like, yeah, we need a new one. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. well, why don't you put some shelves there and do this and do that? And Alex is looking at me like, as if to say, just piss off, will you? This is going <laughs> to cost me a fortune. So. Thanks, Neil. Yeah. But well, you got he, won't be happy if it, he won't be happy if it's the other, other way around. Oh, he, of course he wouldn't. Me, aren't you, Hodge? Of course he wouldn't. <laughs> Uh, but you've got lots of time to put all that um, stuff together anyway, Al. So yeah. uh, take care. Stay safe, won't you? Perfect. Yeah, you too, guys. Look after yourselves and, and we'll catch up soon. Hopefully we know a little bit more about what's going on in the in the sporting world. Yeah, fingers yeah. crossed uh, we'll for everything and uh, appreciate that. Some good stories there. Cheers, mate. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Thank you. You still there, Neil? Yep, so there you go. Good. That was nice, that. What's not like? What's not to like though about Alex? And you know, Sam and Alex, you won't meet two nicer lads, will you? Yeah, they're they're absolutely great, great lads. The great lads and and uh, entertaining in in so yeah. many ways. And 
those stories just the tip of the iceberg, aren't they? But I do like the the sound of uh, how Alex himself is self confidence in his racing on that racing side. But it, it works on then on your personal side as well, doesn't it? It does, and do you know what? It's so important to have the right people around you. That that sounds cheesy now because I'm his manager. What I mean is, is what um his wife Corinne is absolutely lovely. She's been great for him. You know, she's like calmed him down and played a massive part in it. Is 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 like best friend stroke rider assistant Rocky is just a real calming influence, yeah. even though he doesn't look like it. No, just chill out. He's got tattoos. He? Yeah, but you, you, do you know what I mean? He's just got a great network of people around him. And I don't know. It's, do you know what? It's been such a nice journey to be a part of, to watch him grow and to watch. It, it's In racing, you want everything to happen really fast. And it's frustrating when it doesn't. But thankfully, year on year, Alex has become a better rider. And it's just been, like, like I said, we've not seen the tip of the iceberg yet. So we're, uh, we're on the journey and long may it last. Right, we're nearly up uh, to an hour now, so uh, I think it's probably time we let these poor people get back to their lives, don't you? Yep. yep uh, right, definitely. well, have a, have a good uh, rest of your day, rest of your week, and uh, we'll try and get one uh, together, another one very soon indeed. Does that sound all right for you? Yeah, we'll sort another rider out. That'll be easy enough. Yeah, we've got, we've got loads of people we want to speak to and uh, that we're lining up already. Uh, we're hoping... Uh, maybe at the weekend to be doing something with BT too. So watch this space and we look forward to speaking to you again soon. See you, Neil. See you, Gav. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Are you getting any ringtone? Neil? No. 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 Alex Lowe's unavailable. Right. Try that one. Are we looking? Good morning. Good morning how are you i'm very good how are you mate uh, good to hear you right i'm just gonna have to sort out my uh sound struggling to hear all right can you hear us all right can you hear neil can you can you hear me Al? unfortunately neil i can hear you oh, i can hear oh, my you God. very well in fact as well long time no speak alex are you okay obviously i've not spoke to you well done in australia by the way i haven't seen you since then no spoke to you Man- <laughs> Manager of the Year Award. About that bonus money. So when I said it goes straight into my account, it does, right? Uh, Yeah. But And you will get 10% of it, I promise. That's the deal we did remember. So that's... Yeah, I appreciate that. No, I know. What did I say to you? I said I'd always look after you. You know, there's managers out there that will be trying to take advantage of you, which would be awful, but... I think you would never do such a thing like that, would you, Neil? No, no. I think that the 90, 90%, 10% ratios. I mean, it's working for me at the moment, I've yeah. got to say. Yeah, How that's are you true. finding it? Well, obviously, I, you know, quite nervous every morning waking up in these difficult times, but knowing that you're all right, that makes me that sleep better, Neil. Does it? <laughs> I'm good. And that, you know, the, the 20 year contract you signed. Yeah, yeah. It's still you. You you're happy with that? That was a good. Well, well, yeah. That was good it's a lot signing. riskier for you. It's a lot riskier for you, given your age, yeah. isn't it? Will I see the end of it? There's the, that's the question mark. <laughs> <laughs> going off the odds, no. I'm going to say probably not. You know, the odds are against me. To be fair, I'm looking forward to your 50th at the end of the year. Yeah, <laughs> it's Gav's before mine, isn't it? So you must be joking. As you well know, I'm a young whippersnapper in comparison. Just look at the forehead. Have you got it working yet? Look at what? the forehead. Have you got it working? <laughs> yeah. Have, have you got it working? Got what working? 
you sound. I don't know. Is it, can you hear me? Yeah, yes. I can hear everyone. Oh, that's fine yeah. then. We're all working. I'm gonna, I'm gonna Good do, the, I'm gonna do the start bit just again, just of welcoming you there. Okay, go. On. Is that all right? We're going live now. Let's go live. I'll use that bit anyway, but I'll just chop it in right, somehow. Okay. All right. Yeah. Right. If I'm uh, getting this one right. Are you there? Are you there? I'm definitely here. He is there. Good morning. Good afternoon. Even.